0: Hello, thank you for listening to today's Probably Bad Podcast. Thank you to our patrons, Hedwig and Carlo, and our sponsors of this week's episode, Milk. It's wet.
1: Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil.
0: And paper. And today we watched the first episode of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon.
1: It certainly was a thing. Yeah. So a quick overview of what happened. A group of children just get sucked into the D&D world. There's surprisingly little like ceremony or build up for this. They're just in the D&D world now.
0: Yeah, so they're at a carnival, and one of them has won a toy unicorn. Uh, They go on a Dungeons Dragons-themed ride, and are immediately forced to fight Tiamat with weapons and powers that the Dungeon Master zapped into them. Hmm.
1: Firstly, Dungeons & Dragons um, theme park, when? Secondly, yes, so the Dungeon Master is a weird little goblin man who teleports around and effectively railroads the plot. Like, they seem to be the Dungeon Master, is in the person running the world. Which is an interesting concept. But yes, there's just a teleporting little man who gives them plot hugs.
0: Yeah, and he, d- he does also assign them all classes, Um hmm. I have to assume based on the personalities Based on the fact that the rich kid is a cavalier And the nerd is a wizard The other characters probably get personalities in later episodes Or maybe not, but also They're all teenagers except for Bobby Who is eight And a barbarian, which I do actually quite like Eight-year-old barbarian just makes sense to me
1: Yeah, I mean, the average eight-year-old would probably beat someone to death if they could. So they don't beat Tiamat. But they do go to find Merlin the wizard. Who lives in a magical flying castle.
0: Yeah, they're, they're told that there's an enemy they need to look out for who has white hair. Oh, Old I think the venture. phrasing is you will know him by his white hair. Yes. Which will be
2: relevant. So
0: they, they go up to the castle and they find Merlin, who's, who's all like, ah, I can't grow hair. Also, here's my white bunny. One of them calls it a rabbit and he's like, no, it's a hair. And no one makes the connection.
1: He explicitly says a white hair and nobody makes the connection.
0: Despite, again, most of the cast is 15. Um, they also have to leave behind the unicorn, who, incidentally, is voiced by the voice of Fred Jones from Scooby Doo. Because, sure.
1: Yeah, the unicorn is awful.
0: Yeah, it just kind of occasionally looks at Bobby in a cute way and is inconvenient. And I, I'm i pretty sure they left it behind so the animators wouldn't have to keep drawing a horse.
2: But yeah, so they, they trap Tiamat in Merlin's basement.
1: Tiamat is somewhat less impressive than she is in the mainstream game.
0: Yeah, they just lure her into a hole and then put some heavy wood over the top, because apparently fire can't burn through wood. Like, the the thing they use to keep the wood on top is magic, but the wood itself doesn't appear to be.
1: It's just wood. Like... It is. I do like that they defeated one of the most powerful and iconic D and D villains in twenty seconds by putting them, putting her in a basement.
0: Yeah, D De- and probably bad RPG idea. Put the big bad in a hole and leave.
1: Anyway, so to do that,
0: and then Merlin basically kidnaps one of the kids because the wizard who is called presto apparently like that's his actual given name and is like yeah he's gonna be my apprentice now and then tricks him into freeing dragons from the ether because plot twist this guy with with a white hair is the guy with white hair that they were told to look out for i mean all five minutes ago (laughs)
1: To be fair, given the fact he's the only other person in the world other than the main characters, it's Oso. No Is Oso they, a clue.
0: Don't forget they go to generic medieval-esque town which has a super racist caricature of a fortune teller.
1: <laughs> yeah, so dragons attack the town and start murdering people. So they go back to the back to the castle to undo the spell that released the dragons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in my favorite plan to defeat Venjar, they just let Tiamat out the hole again. But so they, they
0: find-the special unburnable wood, so it just mm. so she just goes after Venger.
1: And then she just leaves. Yeah. I really love Tiamat in this because she she acts very much less like a major villain and more like just someone who's been woken up and would like to go back to sleep, but everyone keeps yelling at them.
0: I mean, they do give the main head an actual cat face. Hmm. So my theory is that Tiamat has the personality of a cat, which is just alternating between sleeping and choosing violence.
1: Uh, so yeah, they undo the spell. Um, the GM just magically puts the plaque Plot Buck on track at the end. So he has a magic hat that gives him his power. None of the characters have actual powers. They have magical items that give them the power of that class. Yeah,
0: because Avenger takes away the hat. Mm. And does very much get away at the end. Yeah. Because it's an 80s kids cartoon.
1: Yeah, and then the Dungeon Master reappears and just gives him the hat, revealing he could have fixed all of the problems at any time he wanted, but would just rather not.
2: Yeah, like the the Dungeon Master is just full on the worst. Hmm.
0: So I think the main thing I want to talk about this episode is just how abrupt the introduction is.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's under a minute from we see these pl- people in a theme park to we see these people having to fight Tiamat, the Queen of Dragons
0: thing to bear in mind is that this is the 80s kids watching this probably haven't heard of Dungeons and Dragons and their parents have probably only heard of it in the context of some people think it's Satan worship
2: hmm.
1: but yeah it is just completely incompre like if you didn't already know what Dungeons and Dragons were this would be completely incomprehensible to you
0: well, I I feel like it wouldn't be too bad overall because the main named mm. characters are a big obviously bad dragon and Merlin and everyone knows Merlin. Mm. But the introduction. Yeah. Like oh, it's a Dungeons and Dragons ride. It's a what? Oh, we're in we're in Dungeons and Dragons and this is the Dungeon Master. What?
1: Like one thing I do like about it is it isn't. It does feel very much not like you're in um, a Dungeons and Dragons setting, it's you're in Dungeons and Dragons, there's a Game Master and they are railroading you on their plot.
0: Yeah, and honestly not a particularly creative Dungeon Master so far. Like, you you named your wizard Merlin.
1: Imagine if your worst Dungeon Master kidnapped you and put a gun to your head and made you play their D&D campaign, it's kind of like that.
0: Yeah, because they have legitimately been kidnapped.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, the reason they go to Merlin's castle in the first place is to try and find a spell to go home. And, the, and the, at the end, the dungeon master is like, Yeah, you did it. You saved the world. And then he just fucks off when Frank um, the, the ranger, because hmm. they've all just got normal people named apart from Presto, tries to ask him, Can we go home now? He just vanishes.
2: Like,. Yeah,
1: he's just, it really does, like, it is really weird in that it does sort of feel like people being pushed, being in a railroaded plot, which they desperately don't want to be in. And I feel you could do some kind of almost meta horror with the concept, but instead it's just, wow, what a tiny teleporting asshole. I mean,
0: you say desperately want to go home. Most of the time, most of them don't seem that bothered. Like, the main one that's complaining is Eric the Rich Kid Cavalier, and he's mostly complaining about not having a horse to ride around in his cool armour.
1: Yeah, uh, who mildly want to go home. To be fair, they only show mild concern to being attacked by Tiamat, Queen of Dragons.
0: That's true, I guess part of the issue is just it's a cartoon from the eighties, and therefore the voice acting's not really there yet
1: we This was before we invented voices.
0: It was. they just had to sort of smack their faces into the microphone and try and convey emotion.:
1: Yeah yeah, uh, expressing emotion wasn't invented until nineteen ninety four
0: Hi I'm Hazel and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods,
1: ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland
0: and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman? Then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on
2: Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist.
0: <laughs> I will also say, though, I feel like
2: there's too many kids. Yeah.
0: Like, especially, I think she's called Sheila who's like a, a Thief Rogue kind of character.
2: Hmm.
0: Like, she uses a Cloak of Invisibility to avoid Tiamat and doesn't do anything the rest of the episode because the whole time she's doing exactly the same stuff that the Acrobat is doing, apart from the fighting parts when she just kind of stands there. Yeah. And, like, I get that Thief is, pro- is probably not a particularly combaty class, but she also doesn't steal anything,
1: like yeah, the issue is the acrobat does all of the um acrobat things,
0: yeah, like she pole vaults over the the moat because the moat is just a hole in the clouds that the castle's on, and she somehow manages to like i I don't know if it's meant to be like a ten foot pole, but she's got a magical stick and at one point she like boomerangs it down a corridor which puts out all of the lights and i feel like you've got
2: you've got a magic user
0: you've got someone who can like could sneak down the corridor and put out the lights but instead you're doing that
1: what Yeah, I mean, I guess I can excuse it in that these are 15-year-olds who've only just been dragged into another world, but still.
0: I'm sorry. I think the average 15-year-old would think, can we put the torches out with magic before I'm going to throw this stick down the corridor and it'll put out all of the torches?
1: Not according to scientific evidence we just saw. Um...
0: Yeah, i yeah, i don't see the point of Sheila.
1: maybe she'll grow to like be more relevant in later later session later sessions i mean, fuck it later sessions this is just what, what if your you d d what if your d and d characters were sentient and didn't want to be d and d characters
0: Yeah, like, there's only two named female characters in this in this episode, and I have to assume in most of the show. Oh. Um, so it feels kind of bad to be criticizing one of them, but also I don't know why she's there. Like, because you've got a Cavalier and a Barbarian, you could have just made one of them the Thief. Oh. Again, a very good role for an eight-year-old character and had fewer characters to deal with. Because this is a party of six plus a unicorn.
2: Uh, Yeah.
1: It feels like a
0: lot for like a 16-minute episode.
1: Yeah, it is... Maybe it will drastically improve, but... Yeah, it's like... I can only remember two characters' names. Go on. Uh, Hank and Presto.
0: Yeah, Hank is... He kind of becomes the leader, presumably because he's the one that looks the most like He-Man. Yeah,
1: he, yeah. he is he is the handsomest one, and Ergo is in charge.
0: Yeah. Um, I quite like Hank, though.
2: Hmm. Like, he's... He's determined,
0: and he's a ranger, which makes me biased towards him.
1: Yeah, there's the rich Chevalier.
0: Like a genuinely good leader. Yeah. He is the Fred.
1: Yeah, like, you know, you don't, like, he's not got much of a personality, but the personality he does have is pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Hank spends all of his time complaining about things.
0: No, Eric spends all his time complaining about things. I you got them
1: mixed time. up. Eric gets all spends all of his time complaining about things. Um, he does sound, like, distressingly like Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Oh, well, his his voice actor has the same background as Jerry Seinfeld, apparently.
1: Ah, uh, being Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he's the he's the cracking one in the way that is moderately annoying. It'd probably be more annoying if he wasn't like being compared to the compared to the unicorn.
0: Yeah, like I, I did look up a little bit about the show before we watched it. Apparently, um him being like that was um, pushed by parents' groups because cartoons had to have the moral of the complainer is wrong. So he's there to complain <laughs> about things and then be wrong.
1: I mean, that does fit in with what his character was like.
0: Yeah, I, just, I love the concept of that. It's so like, no, we need to teach our children to conform because it's the 80s and we're done with all of the interesting culture now. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, we want to, like, negate the Satanism of um of do- Doctor Who, of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, so probably Doctor Who, let's be honest.
2: But consider, if
0: everyone else is a Satanist and you're complaining, that <laughs> logic makes you wrong. Like, if all your friends Make- jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Well, yeah, because the complainer is always wrong.
1: If there's one thing, as well as voice acting, the 80s had not yet invented good morals for children.
2: True. Yeah, you're not
0: wrong there.
1: You can tell this was invented before morality or voice acting became a concept. I say invented, the word would be made, but I'm sticking with invented. Like, the white hair twist was reasonably good, if a little over-broadcast.
0: It was, it was badly executed, I think. Yeah. But I, I kind of see why. Because, again, this is a show for children, and
1: mm.
0: everyone in the 80s knew that children were really stupid and needed things really spelling out for them.
1: Yeah. Again, yeah, it's important to remember we are... a pair of grown adults complaining about children's media but yeah so very 80s like I do hope it sort of keeps going more into the dungeon master is just forcing these children to be in his D&D game
0: yeah like honestly the basic concept isn't the worst like it sounds like a concept that you would do for an actual
2: campaign. Hmm. I hope
1: the dungeon master is the big bad. That I doubt, doubt it, but I hope the dungeon master is the big bad. And i if not,
0: now, though. I bet he does have some sort of big secret that he's keeping from the kids.
1: Yeah. The big secret is that he actually is Fed Dungeon Master from back on Earth who's just got, like, really sick of people not following his railroaded campaign he's and learned actual magic. Tom
0: Hanks from um, Mazes and Monsters.
1: Yeah. Or just Tom Hanks from Mazes and Monsters. This is what he's doing now.
0: You know what he is? He's the DM from that one chick tract.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so basically, imagine if the world's worst GM had magic powers and was kidnapping stereotypical children from the 1980s, and that's episode one. Join us next time for, presumably, episode two, unless something goes very wrong.
2: I mean, next episode will be a normal one,
0: but, you know, come episode 70... I think the next episode is called The Eye of the Beholder, where it's like, they really used up that pun early, didn't they?
1: Yeah. It's one of those, like, obligatory puns.
0: Yeah. I just, I wish they'd saved it beyond the second
2: episode.
0: (laughs) Because looking at these episode titles, I think it is the best one.
2: Hmm. People...
1: People will be held.
2: That's nice.
1: It's a shame beholders don't hug you.
2: They could, if you you let
0: them.
1: I don't know if they could, they don't have arms.
0: They hug you with their tentacles.
1: Just imagine hugging someone with my eyeballs now.
2: I would rather not imagine that. (laughs)
0: That is distressing.
1: Um I feel that's a reasonable takeaway for the end of this um review.
0: So yeah, if if you want us to if you want to force us to watch the next episode in about 20 weeks, um consider subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash probably ideas for bonus episodes which are definitely better than the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and homebrew including
2: i believe cheese elemental is coming up um you can also
0: send us a question for a uh, a regular episode on Tumblr at probably bad rpg ideas twitter at bad probably or by emailing Probably bad podcast at gmail.com
2: so watch out for tiny bald men in robes and, and remember, remember to have a, have probably, a probably bad, bad day,
1: day.